Hi, this is Bill Corbett, author of the book Love Limits and Lessons and executive and producer and host of the television show Creating Cooperative Kids. Thanks for downloading and listening to this new podcast series that will offer interviews with experts, clips from my television show, excerpts from my parent coaching sessions, and even my interviews on the radio. Each podcast will feature help for parents and professionals who live or work with children and teens, so you'll want to subscribe to the entire series. This podcast is an excerpt from an episode of my television show where I answer viewer questions on challenging behavior. The question from a parent was, what do I do about a lack of motivation on the part of my teenage son and the fact that he never seems to want to come out of his room? Helping me address this problem is my guest, Dr. Anthony Wolf, author of the great book on teens, Get Out of My Life, But First Could You Drive Me and Cheryl to the Mall. Thanks for taking the time to listen in, and I hope this recording gives you some good ideas on things you can do to motivate your teen at home. If you're just joining us, regular viewers of the show know that I use this last segment of the show to answer viewer questions that come into my email box. So, to send me your questions, simply send an email to questions at cooperativekids.com, and perhaps I'll select yours. Now, one of my guests on today's show is Anthony Wolf, a practicing clinical psychologist who has worked with adolescents for over 30 years and is the author of one of my favorite books on teens, Get Out of My Life, But First Could You Drive Me and Cheryl to the Mall. I've asked Dr. Wolf to stay with me on this segment to help me answer this parent's question. The parent writes, My son is 15 and doesn't seem to want to come out of his room this summer. He is refusing to play any sports or get involved in any other activities. How do I get him motivated to get out of the house and do something? So is this a, a problem that you have heard before, Dr. Wolf? Uh, yes. <laughs> is it a common problem? Um, ab- absolutely. And my guess is that it's even more than it used to be. It's, and, and this is a very common question for me as a parent educator. So, and you tell me what you think about this, but one of the first things that I say to parents who, who present this kind of dilemma to me is, what are your procedures, what are your boundaries and limits with entertainment electronics? Because the first thing I want to find out before I provide any other solutions is, have you laid down enough limitations and boundaries around YouTube and the use of a cell phone and a, a laptop, a wireless lap, laptop or a TV in the room? Because I, you know, one of my, and, and I'm sure I'll get uh, nasty emails from this one, I don't think uh, TVs and, v- and DVD players should be in, in the bedrooms. Uh, those kinds of entertainment devices should be out more in a common area where parents can monitor. Um, so the first thing I say to that parent is, have you set up a construct to make sure that you're supervising and managing the electronics? So let's assume that the parent in this case has done that, and the child only gets a couple hours of entertainment electronics per day. Cell phone has only authorized numbers on it. Uh, that the, the child or the teenager can call or receive calls from. So they've taken care of all that. Now what? Um, I think that's a tough one, which is how do you get a kid who is saying, all I want to do, and, and they'll be resentful of it. But I think the bottom line is, and, a, and, and I guess my one comment sort of adding a little to what you're saying is that um, one of the big differences is, particularly talking about guy children, is that the video games, and that is more what the, the girls are a little less into it, and it seems to be more of a guy issue, are really excellent. They're excellent not in, in the sense that they're good for the kids, but that they're extraordinarily entertaining, and they keep getting, and they have 
um, very, very smart people who make very good graphics and very good storylines and very good what they call gameplay, and the kids love it. And there's nothing that used to exist 20, 25, 30, 40 years ago that's even like it. And is it addicting? If addicting means that you want to spend all of your time doing it, yes, it definitely is addicting. Something that you said, which was, well, if you actually have the control um, of all of that, well, I don't know. If you can actually, if it is possible to say, no, my kid is going to have big chunks of time where talking again about a guy, um, this is going to be his, the, the electronic world is sealed off from him. Um, well, maybe he will somehow, uh, after a while of sulking for a week in his room, and say, this is kind of boring. Uh, maybe I, I will go out and try something else. Now, in the earlier segment, you alluded to the fact that teen boys are more likely to recede to the bedroom. So um, I guess what I would do with a parent who asks this question is, number one, has anything changed in the home life that could be causing the child or the teenager to retreat to the room? And then the other thing is, maybe some of this is normal. Right, because you, as you said earlier, that the way the adolescent male responds is they're less likely to bicker and argue. And it's not that they don't, because many do, but they're less likely to do that, and they're more likely because of the awkwardness of their sexual awareness and the mom in their life. They're more likely to recede or retreat to the bedroom. So some of that retreating to the bedroom is kind of a normal behavior for teens, right? Um, male teens, absolutely. And um, I think that. Uh, do I think that there's something that the families are doing wrong now that's making it be more prevalent? I really don't think so. And I think it's just exactly what you're saying, which is, yes, it's normal that they retreat. It's normal that they don't want to be there, but it also is a problem. Um, teenage guys in the summer, um, unless they're working or they have some kind of activity, they have these weird hours of staying up until 3 and 4 because even if they're doing, not doing the video games, that's when the real-life TV shows are on. There's all kinds of stuff that they, they do. And um, it, it's hard because it's not something that parents completely can fight. The school year comes. They then have a schedule. If kids, that's why you really, really try to get the kids to work or you try and get them to do something as the summer comes along. But there are an awful lot of um, kids out there, teenage kids out there, who really don't have anything that much structured in their lives. So I'm going to do everything. But what am I going to do? Let's say I'm going to stay home from work so I can badger my kid um, to try and do stuff. That's a, that's a tough one. So you call up, what are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm cleaning the house, and I'm doing lots of creative, constructive things, and I'm exercising, <laughs> and I'm looking for somebody to play basketball with. And then they hang up, and they go back to whatever it is that they were that they were doing. No, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And I think part of the problem, especially in line with this parent's question, is some parents try to live their life vicariously through their child. You know, they, they were probably uh, loved basketball. Let's say the parent as a child loved basketball, and now their the dad's frustrated. Why don't you like basketball? You know, I like basketball. Why aren't you going out and doing that? So I think it adds to the parent's frustration that the child isn't doing what the parent wants them to do. And our parents, again, back in the days, our parents never would have allowed us to just stay in our room for long periods of time. Right. I want to ask you one more question. What's your take on Facebook? I mean, it, it seems to suck a lot of time out of the teenager's life. What, what's your personal take on it? Is there a certain age we should let kids have a Facebook account? Are there any impacts to them spending too much time on it? 
Um, I, I don't really have an opinion about, you know, exactly what's the right age or the wrong age. It's something that parents want to try and be aware of. Girls do it more than guys, and one of the things that they like to do, and some of it is really very innocent, is setting up your own Facebook page. What do they like to do? They like to send um, pictures of themselves and their pet, and now another picture of themselves and their pet to friends. But in there also, and one of the things that with Facebook, there's a little more control of who the people are, but it can be what you're spending your life doing. And, and I guess my, the, there are problems with the content, but I think the biggest single problem is the same thing with the guys and the video games is it can be, that's what I'm doing. I, I don't want to miss out. There's a, a phrase, drama. The girls get into what's going on with a friend and who said what to whom. And it used to be you could only do it over one phone line. Now you have a whole network that you can find out and you don't want to miss out on what's going on. And it, it, you know, it's, it's not bad, but if it's all that you do, nah, I'm not so crazy about it. Well, I thank you so much for coming out and being here on the show, Dr. Wolf. Incredible information, and I think it will help a lot of parents who are struggling with their teens today. Thank you very much. Thank you. You've been listening to my new Creating Cooperative Kids podcast series. If you would like more assistance with discipline and parenting, please visit my website, www.cooperativekids.com. And remember, making the world a better place to live begins by helping our children find their purpose. All information on this recording is the property of Bill Corbett and Cooperative Kids. Copyright 2011, Cooperative Kids Publishing.